Hello and welcome to Glastercast, the unofficial Glastonbury Festival podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about arrivals, uh, different ways to get to Glastonbury, what happens when you get there, and we're also going to discuss what you can do on your first day. I'm here with Jesse. Hello. And it's a bit of a different one, actually, right, Jesse? Yeah. It's just me and Miguel today. We are missing Rob, which is very sad. Bit of a different atmosphere in here, but he's here in spirit. Um, we knew he was going to be missing today's recording, so we got him to record his little segments about arrivals um, last time. So you'll still be hearing his voice. But I mean, not having his him here is going to definitely uh, add to the dynamic. So um, yeah, we get we have some big welly boots to fill. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we're up to the up to the job, Miguel. Just me and you. I think we can do it. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. So in our What to Pack episode, uh, we already touched on our differences in arrivals. Uh, you've got me and Rob who go by car and Miguel, who is our resident light packer who comes yeah. by coach. Um, but there are loads of different ways to get to Glastonbury. Um, some people even fly in from an other countries. We've got cycling to Glastonbury. You've got getting the train to Castle Kerry and then the free shuttle bus. Um, there's loads of ways to do it. So we are going to cover what we know about the ways that we have got there ourselves. Um, but we've also, very specially in this episode, got our first recordings from listeners. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, very excitingly, we've had two Two amazing people send us uh, a little clip for ways that we have not experienced yet. So we'll get to them. But we've got a cyclist who's been cycling for the last sort of four Glastonbury's they've gone to. Uh, and then we also have an amazing friend of ours who flies over from the States every year just for Glastonbury. How amazing is that? So let's kick this off. Um, I think, Miguel, you should go first because you come by coach, which is definitely the greenest and most Glastonbury way to get there. So let's hear from you. How how has it how has it been going by coach? What your experience is? Yeah, so so I've been to Glastonbury six times. Uh, this year is going to be my seventh. On my first Glastonbury, I actually went uh, by car. A friend of mine was driving, but we were newbies and we really didn't have the sense of urgency to get there. <laughs> so we, even though we went by car, I got there quite late in the afternoon on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And after experiencing my first Glastonbury, getting the bug, <laughs> as, as you like to say. Yep. When I came back on my second year, I went with the coach mm-hmm. and I thought it was much better. Um, but since then, I actually did uh, three different types of coaches. Okay. Uh, I thought there was just one, but... Okay. Well, I mean, in the sense, I, I went once with the coach package. Mm-hmm. I bought my ticket uh, on the and early sale. together, yep. The year I volunteered, actually, we had the special coach for the staff. And I got there on Tuesday, so I got inside the festival when it was still closed for the general public. Jealous. Yeah, which was amazing. <laughs> I, I, after I pitched my tent, I could walk around the whole site and it was empty. And we actually had a staff party in the stone circle. Oh. <laughs> and I could see the sunrise and, and the... The sea of tents getting erected in front of me. And I also, I think it's my favorite choice is actually to buy uh, the Glastonbury ticket and then go and sort out my, my coach by myself. Okay. Because I think it gives you more, more freedom to choose the times. No, I've got to say, when I've helped friends try and get coach packages, um, it's very stressful because obviously the stress of getting the ticket yes. and then you finally get through You're faced with that question like, yeah, oh, departure time, departure town. Some people say you should try to go to 
don't choose London. Take, yeah. Some people take well, Bristol, Brighton. I think there's a Brighton coach. Yeah, I mean, once I was like, I'm so desperate to go, I will go from Glasgow if I have to. I'll get the train <laughs> yes, to Glasgow exactly. just to get the coach. But yeah, that's the thing is that it's very stressful, you know, booking the coach at the same time and then you might, you know, have to get a Thursday coach. I think that would exactly. be my kind yes. of nightmare is having yeah. to come on the Thursday now that I know how amazing that's, it is. That's, that's usually, I, I, I try to coach say every year because it's the extra, it's mm-hmm. an extra chance. Yeah. But I decide b- beforehand, like how much, I'm willing to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Wednesday gets sold out first, and then, oh, and then you're looking at that Thursday button. Mm. Do I? Do I? If I go, maybe I'll have my tickets today. But what if I leave it for Sunday and then I can get tickets on Sunday? Oh my God, what should I do? So yeah, the coach, the coach package, in a way, is more stressful than the the general. Oh uh, yeah, the coach <laughs> package is very stressful. I, I've only ever tried for friends because my my game plan is I won't try for coach package in the October sale in the main sale. I'll always just I'll try for friends if they're willing to do that. Um. I'll just try on the Sunday for the main kind of separate ticket sale. But if I didn't get it then, then come April, I don't care. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, no, no. I will be like Thursday, or resale, late everything night. Goes, everything exactly, goes, exactly. Yeah. Anytime, then you know, I, I, I don't care what time I'm getting there, as long as I'm getting there yeah. by the time April comes around. So, so yeah, so I done car and coach, and then I mentioned this on the packing episode as well. Of course, I prefer going by coach, but maybe because my experience of going by car was also my first one. So that's, maybe that's why it felt like it was a bit, a bit more tough than it actually is. But I do think the coach is better because it's greener. Mm-hmm. It starts from there. And also be, because none of you, no one in your group has to drive, right? Everyone can just yeah, sit down and you have someone who knows the way is going to take you there. And I feel it's more relaxing. But how it works, uh, I, I take the coach from Victoria Station in London. But how, how they are doing uh, in the last years is they have like a single queue. Uh-huh. So what it means is if you bought the 6 a.m. coach and you plan to get there like 10 to 6, that's not a good plan. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Because no. they're going to have a single queue and they're just filling up buses and, and departing. Look, yeah. So actually, even if you have the, like a 6 a.m. bus, I, I would say get there at least an hour. If you really want to depart the time you, want, you bought the ticket, get mm-hmm. there at least an hour before the actual yeah. departing time. I think it's probably just to make things easier at Victoria. I think with, without yeah, that, I mean, if I, you try and allocate buses... It's probably, it's probably the, the best system. Yeah. There's, there's no other way. So what's the atmosphere like on the coach? I think that's one thing I must lose in the car. We we have a convoy and, you know, that's all well and good, but there's only three of you in each yeah. car. I'm sure when you go <laughs> on the coach, the party atmosphere must start when you leave London, right? Uh, you know what? I had different experiences. I, really? I mean, of course, it depends who gets inside the coach with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did mention that I, I usually don't drink on the coach. Yeah. Uh, if my first year when we went by car, we weren't really focused and with a sense of urgency to get there. These days, <laughs> I, I, I'm on a mission. <laughs> yeah. And also because I, I can barely sleep before uh, the night before. Mm, so I'm sorry. actually quite tired. I just go inside the coach, sit down, be quiet a little bit. But sometimes you have groups who are already full-on partying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had that yeah. before. But uh, myself and usually people who go with me, it's more like really just relaxing, have a nap even. Mm, because yeah. when, when the coach stops and the doors open, <laughs> you just go, 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 yeah, go. <laughs> and we, you have to run and be focused to get the campsite we want. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm on a mission when I'm on the coach. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay, that definitely makes sense. I leave, I leave my first drink to when my tent is erected, uh-huh. open my chair. Open my, open my whiskey. Not crack over because it's a whiskey. Just oh yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah my yeah. my my reusable bottle of whiskey. Yeah, of course. Full of whiskey. Pour yourself a little whiskey. Uh, and have a little sip. And, and I I think every time I do that, I just go. Like, 
Because <sighs> uh, yeah. now, now everything's done. Uh, my tent is, is up. I organize my stuff inside and mm-hmm. there's nothing else. It's just enjoyment until the departing day on, yeah. on Monday, which then the challenge starts again. Yeah. But I like to, do, to have this feeling that that's it. Now it's just five days of pure enjoyment. Yeah. So that's why I think I have this ritual where I kind of don't, wait don't yeah ready. wait until I'm uh-huh. there and all the challenges are overcome. Yeah. And now that definitely can, makes sense. Yeah. Now I can have a drink and now there you go, guys. Let's get this started. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go. And what about when you get to Glasgow? What happens at the other end of the coach ride? Well, definitely, that's another advantage of going by coach is that he drops you at Gate A, mm-hmm. which is really quite close to the action. So Gate A. That is where? Like for somebody who's never been before, where would you say that's nearby? Well, it's kind of a northwest in the map and, and is sort of close to the Jungpil area and it also takes down to the Silver Haze. Okay, okay, cool. That makes sense. I do I do camp near the park stage though, so it's still a bit of a walk. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, but I think it's it, it, it leaves you closer to the festival, especially because you need to bring everything. You don't have the advantage of doing multiple trips uh, to your car. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. The the thing with um, coming by car is that the car parks are vast. They are huge. Mm. Um, and even us arriving at, well, I always try and predict it where, you know, where they're going to fill up from and where about. Oh, yeah, be. that's that. Yeah, honestly, over years, I'm trying to collect the metrics for it. Um, even when we arrive at sort of three, four in the morning, it, it, it still is a really long walk just to get to the gate. So I think yeah. the fact that you guys get dropped out at the gate is such oh I'm, I'm yeah, kind of yeah, jealous. Uh, this just brought me memories from my first time why I remember going by car being so much worse because yeah of course of, because of that you don't know how far you're gonna you're gonna park as well so you can have potentially you can have a really extra long walk mm-hmm. added to getting to the oh, gates yeah. oh, okay that's very, why very aware of that <laughs> So we know Rob has a real arrivals ritual that starts a few days before the festival let's uh, hear all about that hey guys sorry I can't be with you for this episode I know we're talking about arrivals and you guys both arrive different days to me. Uh, Getting to Glastonbury is is really, really important for me because it's kind of the setup. It's the start. It's the first step. And it's something that over the years I've kind of created this very much routine that I like to do. So I always get my car packed and ready to go the night before. Make sure everything fits. I don't want any worries. You know, I get the car fueled up, uh, everything working um, and it's all packed. Double check before it goes in and uh, just make sure that it's all good to go. And then on a Tuesday, I like to make kind of the whole day my Glastonbury day. So I set off nice and early. I never do the drive in one go. One place I always love to stop is Glastonbury Tour. Um, It's not something I used, like back in the day I did, but you know, from my love of Glastonbury and talking about Glastonbury, you learn a lot about the area as a whole and, and taking that trip up to the tour and you know, realising its importance and how it all fits in has it, been something that it has now become something I really love to do. So, you know, it's all part of getting excited. So I go up and I sit there and from up on the tour, you can kind of see the whole site over in the distance. And it's kind of like Glastonbury, I'm coming for you. So, yeah, it's fantastic. And of course, you go by car. Are you the one driving? 
I am the one it, driving. Does it get? Yeah. Is it stressful then? Uh, it is very stressful, but like I mentioned in the packing episode, I don't know. I think Glastonbury means so much to me that putting my getting there in the hands of someone else, I think I'm just that much of a control freak about it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I my friends will attest to the fact that I am very militant about the our arrivals process. Um, there are upwards of thirty of us that at least attempt to camp together and. So far over the past kind of six years that there's been that many of us, we've managed it every time. I, I, I'm not going to say completely down to me, but mainly down to <laughs> me. So yeah, I organise essentially. Um, firstly, I, I ask my friends who can't come down by car, either there aren't enough cars available so they have to come down by coach or by uh, train or they have work and they're arriving a little bit later something like that so I normally ask my friends because I'm very nice would you like me to take your tent for you uh, so that's stage one of the arrangement yeah, so right, yeah. uh, stage two is then arranging the convoy of usually around kind of five six cars sort of traveling down from London picking a couple of cars up on the way past some people come from Bristol and sort of loop round to join us some people come from Southampton and and, and hook up from the south um, so we have a petrol station that we meet at every time uh, and then straight on down we go normally arriving on site all together at approximately well I aim for three it's normally after our stop off and various things in the know, morning three in the morning, in the morning yeah. three in the morning yeah yeah uh, we normally get there for around four or at least we did in 2017 and have you done the overnight queue party um not quite not on the same level as Rob who does it every year in you know parks the night before but there was one year that we did arrive there I think it was the first year that the car parks were open um overnight it used to be you could only arrive there in the morning and I've done it one time uh, and it was I mean it was good fun but we thought we'd park our car have a nice sleep in the car and then get up and go in the queue but obviously there was too much excitement in, even in the car park there was too much going on neither of us could sleep so yeah it was it's good fun it was tiring and it did mean that on the Wednesday I had to have a sleep so that's why I've adjusted it I like to use Wednesday and explore Wednesday so I've kind of adjusted it slightly so that we arrive very early hours of the morning but we don't arrive the night before and try and sleep. Neither of us are experts of the queuing party but Rob well he knows a lot about it. And then I'll always aim to get to the car park for when it opens. Surprisingly, there's a lot of people already kind of ready to go. Bearing in mind, officially the gates open Wednesday morning, Tuesday nights. It's still very busy. So get your place in the car park. Uh, yeah, it's probably closer than those that arrive later on. But then when it comes to leaving, it's furthest away from the gate. So it's kind of swings and roundabouts on that one. But yeah, I get myself parked up and, and get myself over into the queue. Very much a, a it's become a, a party it's a uh, it's something I really look forward to, and and you can make the most of it. Um, I, I go with a, a few drinks, a nice warm coat, and something to keep me dry. Because one year it, it it did rain all night, so just bear in mind that if if it does rain, um, you could get yourself quite uncomfortable. I noticed a few people started unpacking tents and all sorts of things to try and keep dry. So definitely be be planned and ready for that if if you are going to go on the Tuesday night. But as as the kind of the sun comes up on that Wednesday morning, everybody starts to kind of wake up, get ready, get themselves moving. Throughout the night, it's actually quite, you know, spread out and calm. As soon as the sun starts coming up and the idea of getting inside the queue starts edging forward as the anticipation of getting in rises. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm as much a, a part of that as well. You just want to kind of get going. First thing on my mind at that point, having, you know, been there all night is to get the tent set up. 
that's 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 really the key and i'll, I'll i always camp in the same place which uh i might put in my blog i'm not going to tell you now uh, <laughs> that's my maybe one of my little secrets i'll keep but we always go to the same place and get that set up really quickly well as quickly as i can because you know i definitely need a sleep I know Miguel likes to have a little sit down and uh, enjoy his first drink. I've I've already had mine by that point. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where the first day, that really long first day ends with me when I just have that kind of Wednesday morning nap and I'm probably out for a couple of hours from there. Our arrivals process is when we get to the car park is a little bit different to yours because we have the luxury of being able to come back out to the car. Uh, so what we usually do is I normally take um, just the tent and depending on how I'm feeling, sometimes I take my big, uh, my main rucksack as well, especially if the person that I'm sharing my tent with is with me because then we can share the yeah, yeah. the weight of the tent. If it's just me carrying it, I'll usually just take my own. You don't use any trolleys or anything? I don't use any trolleys. I know it's something I've thought about for, for many years, um, but just never really got around to investing in. I've seen yeah. so many skeletons of exactly. trolleys. Exactly. <laughs> I, do, I, I, I don't use one as well, not just because I go by coach. I don't think I would bring one either I, way. I don't know. I think if I was going to get one, I was going to really invest in one of the ones with the big tyres and, and really go for it, then it would probably save me a lot of hassle. But I've just just put it off and put it off. And I'm used to my carrying my stuff now. Yeah. I feel like my destiny is being a pack horse. It's fine. I can carry <laughs> it. <laughs> um, well, we, we don't use trolleys, but Rob does. Let's see what he has to say. Then when I wake up, um, I need to start really thinking about getting stuff, the extra bit set up. As you know, we talked about before, I like to get my quilt and everything and make everything all nice. So I actually do take quite a lot of stuff with me. Now, logistically, that can be quite difficult. Um, so I, like many, um, use a trolley. There's various different types of trolleys out there. And what you'll find, it undoubtedly, is you'll see the, the different trolley graveyards, you know, things people have overloaded and it's tipped, plastic wheels falling off and all sorts of different things. So when you are looking online and you'll find that there's lots of different kinds of trolleys, pick one that's going to be kind of substantial in the wheels department. One tip I can give you that I've found through trial and error of binning many different trolleys is, is if you are going to use one, firstly, be respectful with it. You know, don't go crashing into everybody. Everybody's there to share those walkways. So you're by no means entitled to just crash through, but get one with um, inflatable tires if you can. The plastic, you know, the plastic wheels with no giving them, they're the ones that, that, that snap and cause you a lot of problems. Another thing I've seen with trolleys is is um, cling film, shrink wrap or, or package tape. People, for, st for stability, wrap loads and loads and loads of package tape around it um, or cling film, which, you know, has its benefits. But, you know, just bear in mind, it's not great, you know, bringing all that stuff to throw away. But also, just like any festival, there's, you know, you are potentially going to have to have your bags checked so personally, I I use um, bungee cords, uh, easy on, easy off. And really, the, the better that you can pack it, the, the more sensible and realistic you are with how much you put on the trolley, the easier it's going to be getting from A to B. I think, you know, we're all aware that, that the journey from car to tent can be quite a, you know, tumultuous one at times or very troublesome, uh, especially in bad weather. So really consider what you're taking. There's no need to do it all in one go. None, none at all, especially with things like, you know, alcohol. If you are taking crates of beer, you don't need four crates of beer from day one. Leave it in your car and it will really make that journey a lot easier on that, especially for the first time. Really, if you, if you get your essentials, so your tent and your sleeping stuff and a bit of food and uh, you'll be you'll be laughing. 
Yeah, so uh, we normally, as I said, get to site about four in the morning, um, put my big backpack on and take my tent and however many other tents that I'm helping set up for people. What's happened um, most years uh, until 2017 is that we then find our place in the queue, put our stuff down, sort of lie against our bags. And then like you, Miguel, uh, we use this opportunity to have a little nap. I sometimes open a cider. I call it to help me sleep after I'm really wired up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, a lot of the time we uh, just kind of put our bags down, lay against them, try and get some rest before the 8am gates open. However, in 2017, our plans were disrupted somewhat. Uh, I'm sure a few of you are well aware, but a couple of months before the festival happened, before Glastonbury happened, it was the Manchester Arena bombing. Um, and therefore, the security was, you know, quite rightly, very much stepped up for um, for Glastonbury 2017. And therefore, the process that they put in place was that they separated wristbanding and security so the security tent was very 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 far back and then they would process people through the security tent and then queue Mm -hmm. them up again before wristbanding i think it's a really good system um and i know why they did it and i think they did it for all the right reasons the only downside for us uh is that obviously we'd been awake since midnight and we were expecting to have our little 4am nap for a few hours but because security was separate they'd actually started processing people through security um in the early hours of the morning so it just meant that instead of being able to lie down in one spot and not move for a few hours it meant that we were still shuffling forward to process through the security tent so as always with Glastonbury you can come with as good a plan as you <laughs> like and uh, you'll get so, there and so it's the only change. case where the queue moving faster wasn't really good no <laughs> yeah exactly it wasn't needed, good you needed your uh, nap <laughs> yeah we were expecting to kind of put our stuff down and go right this is where we're sat for three hours until the um gates open um but yeah so we'll see what happens this year i'm sure that system in general i think worked very well because it meant that once we were through the security tent the actual wristbanding part was very smooth very quick um and it went went as smoothly as it possibly could yeah because i, I never did the overnight queuing my two first festivals i actually got there too late like mid-afternoon on a wednesday the first one because I went by car, didn't have much choice, and I also didn't know much about Glastonbury. And the second one was because I got the, the coach package, which, as we discussed, you are faced with choices. I just pick whatever mm-hmm. I could, and I got the ticket. So, hey, I have to be happy with this now. Yes, yeah, you were there. That's all good. But then for, for my third festival, I say, no, now I need to start going early. I need to camp mm-hmm. more closer to the action because I was camping a bit far away. But I still haven't done. I, I found that if I leave London at 6 in the morning and get there before 10, uh, that works for me. And by the moment I'm there, the queue is just flowing. Mm-hmm. You don't really stop. You go through security and you get your wristband and you just go to your campsite. So it's been, it's been working for me for the last four years and it's, it's going to be my plan for this year as well. I'm a bit worried that new people listening to this are going to get really anxious about arriving with our, like, we're a bit over the top, aren't we? I think we, once you've been... We're going to for them. Exactly. Once you've been once, you'll realise yeah. just, you know, how exciting it is. And I think... We each have different ways of kind of mitigating that. I like for me, the only reason mine is stressful is because I am the organizer of the group, yeah. and there's so many of us. And yeah, I think that's the only kind of stress for me. If if I was just me on my own, I'd be fine. But
Miguel comes by coach, Rob and me come by car, uh, but we realised there are many ways to come to Glastonbury and we haven't experienced all of them. So we invited you guys, our awesome listeners, to get in contact. The two we were looking for is if you come by bike or if you come from overseas. So first we have an amazing clip from at Juliet K on Twitter. So thank you very much, Juliet. She has come to Glastonbury every year since 2011 using the Bike to Glasto system. So let's hear from her. So my friends and me, we've been cycling to Glastonbury since 2011, which is when the bag drop started operating. So that means you can leave your bags at one of various drop-off points within 25 miles or so of the site. So that includes Bristol and Bath and some smaller places. And then you cycle in and pick them up when you get there at the bike lockup, kind of swap them for your bike effectively. We actually live in London, so we get the train to Bristol a day or two in advance and drop our bags there. Though in fact in 2016 there was a London bag drop, so it made, a bit, made it a bit easier. The first year, 2011, we left Bristol before six o'clock in the morning on Wednesday morning and it rained all the way there and we still decided we preferred it to the train. The In 2013, we had a 15-month-old baby in tow, my kid Leon. Uh, so that time we cycled to Wells instead the day before and then cycled the eight miles from Wells on Wednesday morning, which was rather more comfortable. Um, it was a very slow journey that year because Leon got bored and wanted feeding about every 30 minutes and we sang an awful lot of verses of Michael Evis had a farm uh, to try and keep him happy. The best bit about cycling is probably leaving on Monday. Instead of queuing for the shuttle bus and queuing for the train, or we've tr- we tried about t- t- 10 years ago doing the whole thing at three in the morning, which is awful. You hand over your bags and cycle off for a lovely day's ride in the nice countryside. Um back to Bristol. Uh, So it meant that instead of the Monday being a kind of epic trudge home, um, it's another part of a nice holiday uh, and it makes for a much nicer decompression experience. The first time we cycled, we had a route which involved a really big hill and lots of quite busy roads, but we've now discovered a better way, which is to go along the Strawberry Line bike path back to Yatton, um, which is lovely. Fields and meadows and woodlands along an old an old railway line and there's a really nice pub on the way as well which serves chips and doesn't mind grubby Glastonbury people. The last time we cycled was 2016. Unfortunately we haven't got tickets for 2017 and we haven't got them for this year either and you may recall it was quite wet that year. So for taking Leon I just upgraded from a bike with a bike seat to a tandem with a child seat and we arrived a little bit damp and got our photos taken by the Guardian so that was quite exciting. We haven't ever camped in the cyclist field. Um, It's at the wrong side of the site for us. Um, We prefer Pennards. But it always sounds, from what people say on the Facebook group, to be a really lovely place to camp. And I have walked past it on Monday morning and noticed how clean it is compared to quite a lot of the rest of the site. Uh, So cyclists are obviously nice, considerate people. Um, Yeah, I wish that the festival would do even more to encourage more people to cycle. Um, It's a really nice way to get there and it's obviously really environmentally friendly. And yeah, next time we get tickets, no question we'll be cycling again. And we also have Joel, a.k.a. at Hobbit from PA. He comes to Glastonbury every year from the US of A, um, which is just incredible. He flies over for every Glastonbury. What commitment? So let's hear from him. Hi, I'm Hobbit from PA. Some people know me as Joel. I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but currently live in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been attending Glastonbury for the last 10 years. Booking tickets for me has been an interesting process. For the last 10 years, I've only ever gotten uh, a waiting page and have never actually been able to get through myself. 
So thankfully, uh, I belong to a group that uh, helps each other out uh, called Twisto, and we just try and get each other tickets. It is most definitely not easier for me to get them from over here. Um, so thankfully, my friends have gotten it for me from over there. With all my travel experience um, that I've done, I, packing is a, a pretty easy thing for me. I, I usually don't even pack until um, maybe three or four days before I'm ready to, to fly off across the pond. I know what I'm going to take, and I, I keep everything for the festival actually in a cabinet. Um, anything that's strictly just for the festival, uh, like headlamps, any kind of camping, smaller camping gear. I have brought a, a tent on the trip there from here, um, but thankfully, after I guess about a year or two, I, I started leaving my tent with a friend over there. So my my process in getting to uh, the fest has has varied from year to year. Typically, I, I leave from Phoenix and usually end up flying uh, from. Phoenix to LAX, uh, Los Angeles, and then uh, fly from there to London. And hopefully I'm lucky when I'm actually flying in that I don't get uh, <laughs> delayed somewhere, which seems to be a typical thing for me. And um, I, I've met up with different friends and stayed with them before the fest and then drove in with them. And we would stay in the parking lot overnight, Tuesday into Wednesday, and then enter the fest, uh, set up camp, and then my favorite thing to do uh, once everything's set up is, is just kind of go for a wander. Leaving the fest, um, again, I, I leave with uh, whoever I came in with to the fest, and um, sometimes I hang around and I'll maybe travel the country a bit or head over to Ireland, and other times I've literally left the festival, stayed overnight in uh, an airport, whether it's uh, Bristol or in London, and then head back the next day back to the States. Some advice that I would give is don't be afraid um, if you're walking to, to an act and you hear something as you're walking by. Don't be afraid to stop and just listen and, and take everything in. Uh, one of my favorite places to see acts the last four or five years has been uh, the bandstand. Tiny little area, but just absolutely love it. Um, good vibe. And some acts that I probably would not have caught anywhere else. So I, I highly suggest just go in uh, with an expectation of having, having fun and whatever happens, happens. Cheers. I think maybe just to cover all the bases, there's also the option that you can go by train to Castle Carry and get the shuttle bus. You've done that once. How was that for you? Yeah, that was my very first uh, kind of Glastonbury. That was 2008. So I took the first train from uh, near my parents' house near Southampton. My mum dropped me there at kind of 4.35 in the morning. And I think the train was at quarter past five, something like that. So really early yeah. still. Uh -huh. um, the first train they were putting on. And yeah, you arrive at Castle Kerry and then you get popped into a queue. Uh, and then they have the free shuttle bus running. And it's a very good system. The one thing I will say is obviously this was 10 plus years ago. And 
I did find a bit uh, irritating at the time is that obviously I'd arrived by kind of 6.30 and at the time they didn't start the shuttle runs until 10 a.m. Okay. So I was waiting in a queue there for a really long time, very close to the festival, mm-hmm. but not close enough yeah. to walk kind of thing. So I am I, I have friends who arrive by train every year and they've all said this is not the case anymore. They run the shuttles very early. Um, but it's a really organised system. They have loads of people at the train station. The queue is very well managed. They have water bottles, or at least they did when I went. Um, they have toilets. So I think that is, a if you're not quite, if you want to go a little bit faster and not arrive by coach and then that's a good a good way to get there as well it's very well managed we keep mentioning that me and Miguel are trying our hardest to get there as early as possible on the Wednesday I know a lot of people go oh well you know the music doesn't start till Friday why would you care about getting there so early so let me ask you Miguel what is it about the Wednesday that goes right I I need to be there as early as possible well, I think it's really important, especially if it's your first class number, to get there on Wednesday. I think Wednesday is the, the day you're going to use really to explore the site, to get acquainted, to, to start settling down into the festival and really start understanding. Because as much as we can talk about how big Glastonbury is, it's only when you get there that you start realizing yeah, and, that's and like, true. oh, I see it now. <laughs> so I think uh, getting there on Wednesday and then, of course, then you're going to have Thursday for the same reason, is just to, to get acquainted to the festival, to understand the Glastonbury difference. And even though the festival is not working full force, there's already a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about this in mm-hmm. a bit. But I'm going to stress this. If it's your first time going to Glastonbury, go there on Wednesday and as early as you can. I agree. I completely agree. People talk about Glastonbury and we talked about it in our Glastonbury Magic first episode. People talk about all the little things that make it so different from every other festival uh, and how we said the lineup doesn't matter <laughs> and all these kind of things. Yeah. The Wednesday and Thursday is when you use that time to explore the little things because obviously Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes around. There might be loads of bands you want to see or your friends want to see. So it's good to utilise those first two days to kind of almost tick things off the list, you know. So I can see someone who's been to Glastonbury first time and arrive on Friday really not having the best of the times. Mm. Because everyone is already so integrated with it, let's say. And you arrive there and then you just is so big and you don't have time because now it's happening full on Mm -hmm. and maybe you have friends who've been there since Wednesday they already know everything and they're just going Mm -hmm. and you and you might feel overwhelmed I I would compare to like imagine if you're working until late and then when you finish work you go to your friend's barbecue who's been going on since the morning (laughs) and everyone is already in that kind of mood and you're never going to pick up the mood yeah arriving late to the party and you know you're you're trying to catch up exactly Exactly. you're You're going to feel like going home maybe yeah i'm enjoying this exactly no go go early to the barbecues and go early to glastonbury (laughs) (laughs) and another reason not to arrive on friday especially if there's uh kind of more than one of you if you want to camp together by the time friday comes there are not many spaces oh, yeah. available. So if there's kind of three or four tenths of your friends arriving on the Friday, you will find it very difficult to camp together. And even if you do, you'll be on the very, very, very outskirts of the festival. So if there's a few of you wanting to camp together, I would say definitely arrive on the Wednesday. Well, so maybe, so whatever is your choice, you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And when you get there, you're going to join a queue together with thousands of other people. But the queue always moves in a nice pace most of the times. And after you reach the security checks... You get to the wristband station. Is that mm-hmm. how they call it? Wristband station? Wristband station? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. But it's, it's, you're finally going to get your amazing wristband that you're going to wear till the end of the summer, probably. Some yeah, of us. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, anyone who knows me knows that for the summer months, I wear upwards of sort of 15 to yeah. 18 wristbands. It's, it's cool. Kind of it's, cool. it's part, it's part to, to kind of when you're walking around town and then someone see it and you see someone else with a wristband, you just look at each other, acknowledging. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you. you. Were there, man. I you see were there. you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I think it's important to note that uh, you should always bring an ID mm-hmm. uh, because when they're gonna give you your wristband, they're gonna check your likeness. Yeah. And also very important to say, gonna keep your ticket with you. You should keep your ticket mm-hmm. and you should carry with you throughout the festival because you're gonna need it if you wanna go back, go out, if you're gonna go to the nearest town to buy something or you need your ticket and your wristband to go back into the festival. Yeah, I've made that mistake before. Um, so they, every entry and exit, they will check not only your ticket, they will check your wristband to make sure it's still on and nice and tight and can't come off. So for people like me who go by car, you want to make sure that anytime you're nipping back to the car, you've got your ticket, you've got your um, wristband securely on. And also, I mean, one time I've done this, you've got your car keys. One time uh, I yeah. all the way out <laughs> okay. to the car to get stuff and I oh, forgot my car wow. keys. That was horrible. Painful. But yeah, anyway, uh, Miguel's point is, Keep hold of your ticket once you've gone through. Don't just throw it in a bag and think, I don't need that again. You will need it to have it checked. And yeah, they will check your ID as well to make sure that you are the person on that ticket. And of course, get your program when you enter because they're going to be handing out the program. Yeah, I love that about Glastonbury is you get a free program, free Which um, is a magazine and a lanyard with a uh, small version of the set times. Yeah, it's really good. And so that's what, I mean, I think most people do this is that you get the lanyard, you put it around your neck and they, I tuck my ticket into my lanyard. I yes, don't know if you that's, do that. that's what I do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I know I don't lose it. I'm like, it's in the lanyard. I know where it is. I don't know if it's the safest option. No, it maybe not. It just feels right. It feels right. <laughs> yeah. It feels right. <laughs> I mean, maybe put it in your wallet or somewhere safe or the property lockups that we mentioned before. But yeah, I mean, that's what I do. I think a lot of people do. I've seen that a lot, is that you tuck your ticket into your uh, little um, lanyardy thing. Okay, so you, you went past security, you got your wristband, you went through the gate. Woo, you're in. Woo! <laughs> That's always the moment that I go through. Yeah. I don't know about you, honestly. Like, it's more, well, I, I, I definitely go woo when I've got my tent up and I'm all settled. But I think just that after being in the queue for a while and oh, the stress of getting there, just that, ah, I'm here, is such a good moment. Do you, do you cry? <laughs> um, oh, no, I think the, the time I cry is when I come over the, um, kind of top of the, the yeah, road and you start exactly. seeing the lights yeah, out yeah. in front of you that's I think, that's I think the... once I've been in the queue for a couple of hours I, I'm, I'm sort of like I'm, I'm more must get the tent up must get settled down uh-huh. um, but yeah yeah, oh, for me as well, when, when the buzz is entering and you finally have a proper view, I, I feel that like strong emotions <laughs> coming yeah I know but the, that was one year I actually proper almost proper cry I would say did you, did which, you just burst out not, not burst out but I, I actually had some tears falling on my Aww. face which, which was 2014 which is the year I thought I wouldn't be able to go because I couldn't get the ticket but then I apply I volunteer and then like this sense like I can, I, I'm here I cannot believe it and then I couldn't hold it I had like and it was just I was by myself right I didn't have any, any yeah. at, at that moment I didn't have friends with me I made a lot of friends later but yeah. so I was just on the on the window on the bus like oh Aww. my god Miguel, let it go. Let it go, Miguel. I have a funny feeling I'm going to cry this year, I think, because it's obviously been a year off and, like, I've become so invested in Glastonbury. Now we've started this, do you know what I mean? It's made me think about it a lot more in the off-season, let's say. So I think I'm going to, when we, when I arrive there this time, there's definitely going to be a few tears shed. I'm just thinking, there are people who are listening to this who've never been, who are like, these guys are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Once you've been, you'll understand. We'll just keep saying that. I hope so. I hope so, honestly. Okay, so you're in, your tent is up, 
you're relaxed at least a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Finally relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I've cracked over my first cider and Miguel has had his I first whiskey. I unscrew my reusable bottle full of whiskey. Yeah, so we're having a good time. It's, I mean, it's 10 a.m. in the morning. The fact that you are on the whiskey is impressive, Miguel. Um, but okay, so we're in. It's Wednesday. It's just my beverage of choice. I know, Don't judge. I, know, I, know, I know. So we're in. It's Wednesday. What do you do? What? How do you spend your Wednesday? What do I do is I usually I have to wait for my friends to, for them to get ready. Uh, uh, it happens when the, my last four Glastonbury's every year I have someone new coming with me. Uh-huh. And they, they maybe are not as focused or have their, they don't have their rituals yet. So as soon as they get ready, uh, what we do, we go exploring. I go to take a look at all the places I've been missing for so long. Mm-hmm. And I, I pretty much do a tour guide at Glastonbury yeah. for Same. them. My aim is, is that they would get this understanding of the map, really. Uh-huh. They would be able to find themselves. So that means that when we split, we can find each other more easily. And also, it means that I can let them go and do my own thing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Knowing that they're they not going to lose some bit. So I, I, I pretty much do a tour. This is this is where this happens. Make sure you're going to be here sometimes. Here's the circus. Here's the theater runner. So uh-huh. it's really a, a proper walking tour guide. Walking tour guide, <laughs> I like that. I mean, I have to do the same thing when, when there are friends who've never been there before. They can obviously clearly see how big the site is, but to walk it is another thing just to get that idea of, right, okay, this is next to this. You know, there's a cut through from here to here. That yeah. really helps. So I like to show them the wonder. And I think it's, uh, yeah, you, you wonder and you wonder as well with everything. Yeah, <laughs> wonder with a no, wonder with an A. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, I th- and I think it's quite funny, especially in the early hours, in the, in the morning and beginning of afternoon on Wednesday, when everyone is doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's just this feeling that you just people walking around <laughs> and you can, you, you know, there's, Thousands of people who've been there before and thousands who are new to this. And it's, it's quite funny. Everyone's still kind of sober yet. Uh-huh. So it's just people. It feels like a lot of zombies or anything. <laughs> just yeah. walking, looking around, getting amazed. But when the nighttime comes, things change a bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, m- more zombies, but in a different way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Drunk zombies. Drunk like zombies. It. I think... Um, Our Wednesday tradition has always been, well, for many years, has been go to the Brothers Bar in West Holtz, which used to be the Jazz World, uh, and just kind of sit there and really enjoy the sun and enjoy the afternoon. Um, I don't really know where this tradition came from, but I really enjoy it now. I think our gang just likes to... uh, Obviously, there's a for me, it's normally late afternoon because, as you say, I'm waiting for friends to arrive. I'm doing other trips to the car because there's stuff I've not brought in. So there's a lot of morning time organisation. But once everybody's in... Tents are all up. We do a bit of a walking tour, uh, but it normally ends kind of mid-afternoon, well, late afternoon, so 4 or 5 p.m. at the Brothers Bar. And then we spend a few hours there, just hopefully lying on the grass in the sun. Excellent. Um, and yeah, just, just it's, it's really nice. I think it's a really good, I think a lot of people have this tradition from yeah, what I've heard. Well, it's well, kind you, of, can, you can do bar crawling, right? Yeah, bar crawling. Uh, yeah. Bars and stalls, they start opening gradually. Mm-hmm. So you, you definitely have a lot of choice already. It's just a nice place uh, to go. And I think it's because I guess it's conveniently near big ground, but it's kind of become our tradition. So we do that. Um, then it's normally back to the tent for a quick refresher, I guess. Or now people have realized quite how big, usually there's yes, friends you've yes, never been yes. before. They're like, oh, okay, so I need these shoes and I need to oh, have, yeah, put yeah, an extra yeah. pair of socks I, on. I understand now. Like I, okay, yeah. okay, I see it. Oh yeah, exactly. So we've done like that little quick mini walking tour, stop at the Brothers Bar. Go back to the tent for a quick pit stop and then it's right off for the evening. So every year I think I've said to myself, right, Wednesday night I need to, you know, not go so crazy like you've done in previous years, Jess. Like you need to make sure... 
that Wednesday you get enough sleep and prepare yourself. But that never happens because I'm always too excited. I, I never make I never make that promise. You never make that promise. <laughs> no, I think it's one of those like uh, I don't know. I always think maybe this year is the year that I'll. Uh, be a little bit calmer, it, but it, it never happens. If anything, I, I, I remember having some Wednesday, which were the ones that went all out. Yeah, yeah. In I the think week, because you arrive, you've had loads of sleep. You're really excited. You've not, you've not been there for a year or yeah. sometimes two years in this case. So what, what we did uh, in 2017 actually was probably my best Wednesday that I've had. But despite the fact it was boiling hot, the daytime was very difficult for me as a redhead. It was sort of, what, 32 degrees, I think, on the Wednesday in 2017. So I struggled a bit in the daytime, but I didn't let it get me down. And then in the evening, I really went for it. And we went and did the uh, opening ceremony at the Stone Circle. So all the fireworks, and it was beautiful. And then we went to the southeast corner and had a great time. Even though you have many options around the, the site, uh, the opening ceremony, I think, is, is really nice. It's, and then because I'm showing, usually showing people who are there for the first time, I end up going to the opening ceremony, up the stone circle, and you have the burning of the phoenix. Yeah, of course. And then you have fireworks, and it, I don't know, I think, I think it puts you in the mood, really. It might be the moment when someone who's there for the first time is going to start maybe feeling the Glastonbury magic, right? <laughs> I was literally about to say that. I think it's just that beautiful moment of, ah, this is more than just some bands playing in a field. Like, that's when you, you go to that opening ceremony and you look around and you, you just feel that, oh, there's a, there's a, exactly. there's a feeling I, here. Like, I'm, I'm part of something. And if you, yeah. made, if you got there early and made good use of your Wednesday, when the fireworks goes and you have this feeling, now you say, okay, let's I'm go. I'm, Let's I'm in. Go now. Where do we go next? <laughs> I don't want to stop. <laughs> and loads of loads of the bars. This is something. I mean, not the Brothers Bar that I just mentioned because that's like an open air bar. But there are big bars in most fields that have their own. They're always like mini stages, aren't yeah, they? No, they have I bands mean, they playing. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So you know things like the Bread and Roses, um, uh, the one in Williams Green. Yeah, Stonebridge um, Bar. Oh, Stonebridge Bar, bar is really good one. Big, big fan parties. of that. Yeah. So I think that you know there's loads to do on the Wednesday. Um, I, I like the Bread and Roses. Yeah, the Bread and Roses <laughs> is really good, isn't it? What's the other one? The um, oh, I can't think. The the chame- chameleon, 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 chameleon. 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 But it's, it's got like a it, well, it's got a chameleon on the front. Calm chameleon. I don't know. They play that <laughs> song a lot, um, and they do like a silent disco there as well. There is the big silent disco that happens at um, Silver Haze. But I think we've been, we've done the chameleon a few times and like really enjoyed it. It was really good fun. Jesse, do you know what Rob does after waking up from his nap on Wednesday? I do not. But let's see what he has to say. Okay, so once I've woken up on from my my. Uh nap on a Wednesday uh, I'm good to go again do you know what I'd like to say I have a routine uh, but in honesty I, I, I don't um, quite often I'm just excited to go and kind of re-see everything that I know is there you know there are things that I'm I'm already excited to see so I, even though I know they're there I just like to go and make sure they're there and, you know I like to go and kind of ga- gauge my bearings I've been to Glastonbury like, many times but I still usually buy kind of Saturday you've pretty much figured it out and you know where everything is but you know I'm a bit rusty after well, what would be 12 months but you know 24 months two years now I'm going to make sure that I know exactly where the certain stalls are where the certain toilets are which pathways lead where you know whether things have moved that I that, I, that I've missed in some of the announcements and checked on the map so I just like to kind of get my bearings uh, and and go and make sure everything's where I remember it is because the last thing I want to do is is, is kind of get caught out and, and and not know where I am. Although sometimes if you do kind of get caught out and not know where you are, it's a little bit of an adventure. Just keep walking. Eventually you'll find something or someone that, that you recognize. But really, I think one of the ticks that I will do every single Wednesday is I will go up the hill to the, to the Glastonbury sign. It's become 
quite quite one of the it, it's been different over the years each time uh whether things are slightly different whether stalls have moved around i remember one of the first times i saw it in 2013 I, there was like a great uh, hammock stall uh, i don't think particularly they were for sale i'll call it a stall but uh it was the, the view from up there was fantastic and then just chilling out and all the different hammocks i mean you'll find hammocks all over the place they're, they're really quite popular but this one just sticks out in my mind and i just remember laying there and doing that thing where you you know where you always take a picture and, but have your feet in it it seems to be one of those things where you haven't been anywhere unless you've taken a picture with your feet in it so i i did that from uh from there and then I, i've got another one at the top of the hill with my my wellies in it which uh, i've had to since replace which uh, broke my heart but you know they're not as uh, indestructible but so really that that's that's the one tick i do have maybe next year or, or maybe this year i'm gonna i really do need to go to the top of the the ribbon tower we talked about it before and it's something that i've never done i always go and see it but i've never been up there so maybe i can add that to my definite to-do list this time We've said this a few times, but we are Glastonbury enthusiasts. We're very passionate, but we're not necessarily experts. We don't know everything. So as you've heard in all of our previous episodes, we have been asking you guys to get in touch. We've wanted to hear your stories uh, and your view on what you do and how your Glastonbury goes. So one of the things we've been doing is running a number of polls on Twitter um, and these have been really interesting, actually, because yeah. <laughs> you might think this is how I do it. This must be how everybody else does it. But it's been really interesting to hear the consensus of mm-hmm. all the Glastonbury veterans. One of the polls we ran, we asked the question, favourite thing to do Wednesday evening at Glasto? Again, if it isn't here, reply with your Wednesday tradition. On Twitter, they only allow you four options. So we chose four to put in there and we got a lot of replies that were separate to that as well. But the four options available were... Stone Circle Ceremony, go up to the Glastonbury sign and see the view, head to the southeast corner and stay at the 10, drink some bevs, as I put it here, <laughs> and have a chill. So those are the four options. So it was Stone Circle, Glastonbury sign, southeast corner and 10 drinks. Of those four, we actually got 330 votes on this, which was amazing. We yeah, weren't expecting thanks guys. That. Yeah, thank you for all getting involved. Um, the winner by 1% was View from the Glastonbury oh, Sign. Oh, really? Yeah. I know. So View from the Glastonbury Sign got 36% of the votes. Stone Circle Ceremony was a very close second in 35% of the votes. Third was Tent Bevs and Chill, uh, which was 18%. And then 11% are the party animals like me <laughs> and Miguel and do the selfies corner. So it was really interesting to hear your thoughts on it. And View from the Glastonbury Sign, um, I admitted this uh, off microphone the last time we oh, recorded this. I comes. know, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. People would think, you think you know Glastonbury and you've never done this before? I have never actually gone up to the Glastonbury sign. <gasps> I know. You're just there. I know, in nine Glastonbury's, please don't all tweet me and tell me how horrible I am and how, how I can't claim to be an expert. It's one of those things that I've always said, yes, I'll do that, yes, I'll do that. And it's just never really on Wednesday. As I've mentioned, we go to the Brothers Bar, we get a little bit drunk. And then the idea of walking up that hill <laughs> just kind of makes me go no so that is on my 2019 absolute must do list but it's amazing that 36% of you all make that your tradition on the Wednesday and I think I need to make it mine because I obviously I've seen the photos I've gone up to the park and I know the the angle of the view and how great it must look but I've just never gone all the way up to the top 
So that was what you guys thought. That was your reaction to one of our polls. Um, we've been running quite a few of these and we're going to mention them sort of in various episodes that they are relevant to. We might also read a few out on our Instagram story. And we've got loads of amazing replies from you. So I just want to say, we want to say, thank you so much for uh, supporting us. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to answer these things. It really helps us in framing these episodes and making sure we're covering all bases. So thank you. Another thing we asked you uh, after our What to Pack episode was the age-old question of team wellies or team walking boots. This one caused uh, as much kind of rivalry as I thought it might do. Wow, Um, I was surprised as well. We got a lot of replies and comments, which is good. Yeah, we got almost 600 votes. We got 595 votes on this poll with only two options, uh, team (laughs) wellies or team walking boots. Um, And this one was very hotly contested. There were a lot of passionate replies, which Miguel's going to read out in a minute. But I wanted to say that the winner of this team wellies or team walking boots was actually team wellies. Uh... But it was yeah. very, very, very close. Go, um, Tim Wellies. Tim Wellies, woo. Um, it was very close. It was 52% to 48%. Now, <laughs> what does that remind you of? I've seen those numbers before. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's clear that people uh, have made their choice and it, it, it's really down to the individual person and what suits you best. So there's no clear answer of one is way better than the other i will say at 52 percent versus 48 percent, the people have spoken and walking boots are now banned we won't do that pool again <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're banned there's a no deal you're not having any walking boots at glastonbury 2019 no obviously i joke um but yes so this was a really great poll thank you so much for everybody who contributed and um, we're actually going to read out some of the replies because we got some really good tips and kind of insights there so miguel share with me what did people reply to us Okay, we got a reply from Andy Bass that goes, I'm team boot, but I also recommend insoles. Last year, my feet were done by Saturday night and Sunday was tough. I now use insoles for that extra cushioning. That's actually a good tip from Andy Bass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've talked enough about socks, but also insoles, I think, is a great shout. And we also got an answer for Wayne. Wore boots for the whole of 2016 when the mud was unbelievable. Didn't have a problem at all. So just shows boots can cope with anything. I I, I was there. And I think 2016 was a tough one. But if, if Wayne was right. <laughs> yeah, I think Wellies was the only thing that was going to get you through 2016. As, as, well, from my opinion. And we also got a reply from the glass to thingy. I used to wear dogs to one and two day festivals many moons ago. But I think they kill me at something like Glastonbury. That's why I've gone to walking boots. Also, wellies get pulled off on that really heavy clay-like mud. You can keep marching on boots. Craig Butler, he says, Both for me, wellies for when it's really bad, especially around the toilets on the morning, and walking boots for all other occasions. So that's someone who likes to go for a bit of both. I like Yeah, that. well, prepare for any weather. Yeah, bridging <laughs> Any situation. The which is a uh, friend, Rob, does the same. It's a good point. Yeah, Rob brings his wellies with him, leaves the wellies in the car, and uses his boots for the rest of the time, doesn't he? So there you go. And to finish off, we got an answer for Shuttle P at Shuttle P. Walking boots. Dancing in wellies sucks. Dancing in wellies does suck. I agree with that. (laughs) So, Jesse, I think we did it. We missed Rob, but we managed to have a conversation and cover the, all the aspects of arriving to Glastonbury and what happens when you're there and what to do on Wednesday. 
yeah, we, I think we covered everything. Um, we got some really good snippets from Rob and we got some really good contributions from, from uh, you guys, the listeners. So thanks again for that. And yeah, so arrivals, all done. All done. But if you have any questions, you can always contact us through the website on Twitter. We're going to do our best to help. And don't forget Instagram and Facebook too. We have our suite of socials. So anyway, whatever suits you best, get in contact with us and we might add your story to a future episode. Uh, Or we'll be starting to use Instagram stories like a lot more. So we're hoping to really start getting some feedback from you guys and then uh, reading that out on our Instagram story. We can't wait to be back with episode five where we're going to discuss where to camp and then we're going to have the full full Glastocast team for that one yeah we'll be back there'll be three of us Rob will be back with us and yeah I think where to camp is such a big question I know yeah. apart from what to pack that's another thing that everybody always asks me is wait where, where exactly do on this huge site where do you camp so thanks again everyone for listening and we'll see you soon on episode 5 bye